The Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 542 for October 30th, 2016. Both Samsung and Apple lose market share as Chinese phone makers pick up steam, new Windows and BlackBerry hardware, and the end of Vine. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Kappas. Brought to you each week by the Cell Phone Junkie podcast application, available now for Android, iOS, and Windows Phone 8 for $1.99. Well, the Wi-Fi allegiance on Monday said faster Wi-Fi is coming to smartphones, tablets, laptops, and other mobile products starting this coming year. The organization announced the Wi-Fi certified Y-Gig program, which will ensure compatibility between various Wi-Fi technologies. Y-Gig operates in the 60 gigahertz band and allows for multi-gigabit speeds up to 8 gigs per second over shorter distances. The certified Y-Gig program will allow Y-Gig equipment to work smoothly with other Wi-Fi gear that operates in the 2.4 and 5 gigahertz bands, allowing for seamless handoffs between them. Y-Gig relies on beam forming to minimize interference and operates at distances up to 10 meters. The Wi-Fi Alliance says that Y-Gig is ideal for in-room or other line-of-sight use cases such as virtual reality, gaming, and multimedia streaming. So, for example, Y-Gig would allow people to download an HD movie wirelessly in several seconds. The organization has already approved a handful of devices for testing purposes, including a Dell laptop, Intel modem, and other USB-based devices. The Wi-Fi Alliance's say Y-Gig radios will appear in mobile devices next year and expects half of all smartphones to include the technology by 2021. Qualcomm on Thursday announcing a deal to acquire NXP semiconductors for $47 billion or $110 a share. NXP is the co-inventor and key patent holder of the NFC technology. Qualcomm already integrates NXP secure element technology into its Snapdragon chipsets. NXP is the fifth largest semiconductor maker, excluding memory chip makers, having purchased Freescale last year. NXP is also the leader with chips for the automotive networks, Internet of Things, and most other types of wireless radios. The latest data from market research firm IDC shows that Samsung's share of worldwide smartphone market share has dropped 20% in the third quarter, bringing it to its lowest market share since recording 19.9% in the fourth quarter of 2014. IDC estimates that Samsung shipped 72.5 million smartphones in the quarter, down 13.5% compared to an estimated 83.8 million smartphones shipped in the year-ago period. The decline is at least partially attributed to the Galaxy Note 7 recall from early September, although the impact uh, is more uh, of a move that will have the third quarter um, or the fourth quarter limited uh, impacted than the third quarter as it was only a few weeks long. Samsung's market share and financial results will likely suffer more greatly in the fourth quarter. Um, and also the Galaxy Note 7 will weigh on the entire three-month period. We'll be talking about that sometime early next year. Now, Apple finished runner-up to Samsung. 45.5 million iPhones sold, down 5.3% versus the 48 million iPhones sold in the same quarter last year. Apple's worldwide market share was 12.5%. That's down from 13.4% in the year-ago period. Now, Chinese smartphone makers Huawei, Oppo, and Vivo rounded out the top five vendors in the third quarter at 9.3%, 7%, and 5.8% of market share, respectively. Huawei, in particular, came within striking distance of Apple with an estimated 33.6 million Android-based handsets shipped during the quarter, including the flagship Huawei P9, representing 23% year-over-year growth. 
I mean, when you look at the numbers for Samsung, that's a, that's a lot of smartphones. And of course, Apple just being the one company with kind of just uh, a somewhat more limited uh, you know, device lineup. But these days there are actually quite a few iPhones they sell now in different models, different sizes, different uh, you know, ages, essentially. Uh, that's still quite a bit of iPhone uh, smartphones overall. I mean, if you take those top two, that is a lot of smartphones they're still selling. There are, but you know, the other part of this is uh, they think about the fact that Huawei, th- this brand that is, if you would ask somebody the name Huawei, you know, even two years ago, they would have been just looked at you sideways because it's just not had the recognition that these other guys have had. I mean, you notice we're not talking about LG, Motorola, um, HTC. I mean, all of these companies that absolutely are are names that people know in technology. And we're talking now about Huawei, Oppo, and Vivo. Right. No, it's crazy. Uh, when we were at the CES, you know, we had talked to Huawei and, you know, there was one handset they were just going to bring into the U.S. Their very first one was coming and it was, uh, you know, they had, I think, one or two devices they had OEM for somebody under third parties, but that was it. And they were just brand new in this market. Well, and the other part of it is this is worldwide smartphone market share. So again, we're talking about, you know, a lot of these devices shipping in, in various parts of Asia uh, and, and hence the reason that you've got, you know, the the, the like extremely, um, you know, solid numbers for these particular devices. But still, at the very least, you know, we're talking about, you know, a, a single region and uh, those devices obviously helping that are being sold there. But uh, in other parts of the world, they're not. Uh, so lots of uh, inventory being moved there for sure. So, um, again, it's very interesting to see, though, that both uh, Samsung and Apple did lose some market share uh, overall over that period. CBC reports this week that investigators are doing a digital canvas, the high-tech equivalent of knocking on thousands of doors for information, in an Ontario Police Department probe where text messages were sent out to 7,500 potential witnesses of a homicide using phone numbers from a nearby cell tower's logs. Police obtained the numbers through a court order and then sent two text messages, one in English, the other in French, French, asking recipients to voluntarily answer a few simple questions. So the question, is this the natural progression from the traditional approach of canvassing canvassing local residents by putting up flyers or knocking on doors? On one hand, uh, we could think about it and say we're okay with this approach, but um, do we actually want this to happen when there's ever, when there is, and whenever there is a major crime in an area? Of course, the police uh, will keep the numbers that they've obtained on file until the killing is solved. Officers said at a news conference this week that investigators will also consider calling a number of the people who don't respond voluntarily, uh, but they would be required to get another court order in order to do so. Yeah, that's a really tough one to say. You don't want to be uh, annoyed by that. But of course, a a quick text message isn't that uh, obtrusive. Uh, it's definitely more obtrusive for somebody knocking on the door, but then, of course, think of the the, the price involved uh, in sending you know one or two people around door to door to seventy five hundred potential numbers that were in the area, but but you could never find those people. I mean, this is I mean, you could probably get a couple of hundred people by knocking on doors, not seventy five hundred. So it's quite a bit different, and of course, it would cost a, a, an absolute fortune more. So taxpayer, uh, you're getting more for your taxes by doing. This so uh, it, you know I guess the the the, the short term annoyance of getting this text message is probably worth it. Well, here's the other part of it. How do you know this is legitimate? All of a sudden, you're going about your day and you just get this text message that says, "I'm the Ontario Police. Answer these questions for me." How do you know who this is coming from? Well, you don't, except for this 
PR that's gone out. This is why they put this, uh, you know, these, these, these new stories out. So, you know, this was actually a real thing that came to your phone. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those, like, but you have to then be able to, you, you have to have seen that you've had to either read that, uh, you know, that blog post that, you know, that article or whatever it is. Uh, and further, so you get this random message, and let's say you somehow feel comfortable that's been authenticated. Then what? What do you do? You're you're writing back, and you're saying, "Yeah, I saw who did it." Like, wh- wh- who's going to self-incriminate a te- over a text message to the police department? I, I, well, I, just, I, I really don't know. I mean, it would be the same as, I suppose, somebody coming to the door. It's like, do you believe that they're, you know, who, who knows? I mean, I don't really know how to, you know, I don't know if this will be effective. It'll be uh, real interesting to find out if they actually uh, had any results or any success from this. What do you think is the, the, the average uh, response rate that they're going to see with something like this? 10 percent not even no less than one percent i mean because especially if 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 nobody saw anything they may not get they may get zero yeah or i mean you're gonna probably get a bunch of like no's nothing something like that where it just it's very interesting and maybe that's the point is that they they could at least hone in on an area and and understand that nothing was seen in a particular area maybe some a different area someone says well i saw a car someone else says well i saw a guy you know whatever and then they can they can limit their search i'm not really sure but um how that goes but it just it's very very interesting way of going about it that seems um, to your point, they've had to make a big PR push for it because, again, how do you know that it's actually legitimate, uh, you know, ask by a police department and not just someone randomly sending out a message? And I guess the, then the other extreme of this is so once you start getting comfortable that the police could be asking you if there's, you know, to help solve crimes, who's to say that you couldn't have someone impersonating the police department now and sending out a message to a block of phone numbers and all of a sudden it becomes a scammer or a marketer or marketing type effort and it has nothing to do with the police department. Right. Well, in this case, they got the, the phone numbers from the uh, the phone company and that's, you know, that would be a little bit uh, tougher to come by. But no, there's nothing stopping that, Mickey. Anybody can, you know, impersonate any phone call with caller ID spoofing. And so there's no way it, it doesn't really matter because all that's the same with phone calls and letters and mail. So it's really no different. I guess so. It just um, people, I think, find that you know when you get something as personal as a, a text message, you kind of feel like, oh, this has got to be meant for me, uh, or a private message on a social network, something like that. It's got to be meant for me. There's no way it could be a, a scammer or something like that. I got two today on two different uh, social networks that were spam messages from people, and one appeared to be from my mother of all people. So it's amazing that these like how these things come through and how they happen. It's just it's nauseating. But uh, either way, very interesting stuff happening up there in Ontario. T-Mobile announcing on Thursday a unique discount program for customers who buy an unlocked Google Pixel phone and then switch over to T-Mobile's new One Unlimited plan. So customers will receive $325 back spread out over 24 months, accounting for a $13.55 monthly discount over the course of two years. The Pixel supports T-Mobile's LTE network, including Category 9 LTE and the newer Band 12, i.e. 700 megahertz network that they have deployed in many parts of the country. Cricket on Friday announcing more data on the prepaid carrier's most popular plan without raising rates. Cricket's existing $50 service plan is improving from 5 gigabytes of LTE data each month to 8 gigabytes of data starting immediately. The $50 monthly fee still includes unlimited talk and text with taxes included. Existing customers can upgrade online or by visiting a local Cricket store. Cricket still sells uh, monthly plans that range from $30 to $70 a month. And people who take advantage of auto pay uh, along with their plan can receive a $5 discount each month as well. 
Apple on Tuesday announcing financial results for the third calendar quarter and fourth fiscal quarter of 2016. For the period, Apple posting revenue of $46.9 billion, net quarterly profits of $9 billion or $1.67 per diluted share. That compares with $51.5 billion in net quarterly profit and $11.1 billion uh, in, or $1.96 per diluted share in the year ago quarter. Gross margin for the quarter was 38% compared to almost 40% in the year ago period. International sales accounting for 62% of revenue. Apple also declaring an upcoming dividend payment of $0.57 per share, payable on November 10th to shareholders on record as of November 7th. The company currently holds $237.6 billion in cash and marketable securities. For the period, Apple sold 45.5 million iPhones, down from the 48 million a year ago. iPad sales were also down from 9.9 million in the fourth quarter of 2015 to 9.3 million this previous quarter. Mac sales also falling 5.7 million to 4.9 million max. Also for the fiscal year, Apple generated $215.6 billion in sales, $45.7 billion in net income. That's down from the $233.7 billion in sales and $53.4 billion in net income for fiscal 2015. And so as predicted, 2016 is the first full year revenue decline for Apple since 2001. Apple's guidance for the first quarter of fiscal 2017 in- includes expected revenues of 76 to $78 billion and gross margins between 38 and 38.5%. So I don't think anybody really with a you know a sense of technology and, and kind of the smartphone market in general is surprised that Apple uh, eventually got to this point where they're you know the, the the iPhones are kind of plateauing, which has been basically their their entire business now since 2007. I mean that's been just a, a massive driver of their business, including uh, driving people to Macs. And and it was actually probably something that got me into a Mac, really, because I I had an I got an iPad. I had no interest in iPhones, and then after a couple of years, the the iPhone five finally came out, which had a, a feature set that was you know parodied with uh, you know Android devices at the time, and good enough to to switch to at that point. So then I finally got an iPhone, but then I didn't have a Mac until another year or two after that, even. So uh, it's one of these things where it's it it, it has driven people to uh, Mac products, myself included but but the the you know now that the the phones have kind of stabilized a little bit and the 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 contract terms have now kind of run out this it's going to extend the cycle and they're going to kind of they're going to go through some declines here as the the market uh, kind of cools down i i feel like i'm the kind of the perfect uh example of this is someone who is kind of would i bought every version of the ipad i bought every version of the iphone I was upgrading my Macs relatively frequently. Um, I went five years between Mac upgrades. Um, the new MacBook Pros come out this week. I've got a MacBook Pro that's from late 2013, so I'm three years in. You'd think I'd be ready to go. I feel like this one's just starting to warm up. I, just, it, I don't feel any reason to do upgrades right now unless something were to happen to this one. But So you've got that. You've got, I've got an iPhone 6S. I should be buying an iPhone 7. I'm not. I've got an iPad Air 2. I should be getting an iPad Pro, and I'm not. So I've got three different products that I could upgrade to, and I don't don't really have any any interest to do it for any one of those three no exactly and uh, so many people i know ha- had every single version of the iphone every year uh there's at least four people that I've, i you know you've talked to in the past couple weeks and uh none of them have uh any interest in upgrading to the iphone 7 they're like well i'll just get the next one i, I don't really need i don't see enough of a compelling case to uh, to upgrade however Everybody is not saying, uh, nobody is 
uh, wanting to switch to Android or get it go back to Windows or anything like that. I mean, you, Mickey, I know, you know, myself included, we will get the next Apple product when we upgrade, but the upgrade time is uh, extended. Yeah, and I and, and what part of it is, you know, you you're now in the ecosystem and you you just don't want to leave because the pain that's involved there. Um, not that the Apple Watch, as an example, um, is you know, the, the best thing ever and I couldn't live without it, but you know, I've got it. So I'd like to be able to take advantage of it. And I couldn't do that if I switched over to an Android phone. Um, you know, the Google pixel is a very compelling device. It, it does pictures as good or better than the iPhone. It's got a, a, you know, a vanilla version of Android and it runs very fast and it does great things. Uh, but at the same time, then I would not get my phone calls on my iPad. I would not be able to use the watch that I have. I wouldn't be able to send text messages from my Mac. I mean, it's this built in, in, let's say ecosystem uh, that is is to- totally got me wrapped in at this point, and I, I find actually a lot of value in that. Not to mention the pictures, right? Oh my gosh, the pictures! Uh, th- th- I find a lot of value in that. So it's not about um, settling, or it's not about you know saying, well, I-, I just can't. It's about seeing the value in in what is there and what's being offered. Um, and and to your point, it's it, to the people who are not buying, myself included, the new devices. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to buy. Uh, something from Apple the next time around. It's just, I'm just not going to happen right now. Well, and that whole entire ecosystem is really what, you know, Apple is really kind of, uh, you know, banking their future on. That's where they, you know, are making a lot of money right now are on the back end services. So the apps and the, the iCloud storage data and things like that is what they're, you know, making a lot of money on right now. And it's interesting because I did two things this week that I downgraded on from Apple services that I was paying for. Number one, canceled Apple Music. I'm going to try that out. I've got the free Amazon Prime music service uh, that is offered, and um, we use that quite a bit. Um, It's now uh, available and and works on Sonos, and it works on, obviously, the iOS devices nicely. And um, so I'm going to be, we're going to try that out for a little bit. I was also paying for uh, the $3 a month service for Apple uh, or iCloud storage because of the number of photos that I had. I actually just went in this week and just deleted an entire year of pictures from iCloud um, and freed up something like, I don't know, seven or 10 gigs or something like that of space because I didn't feel like paying for a bunch of photos that I've got backed up in multiple other places and having them on my device, like literally on my device was of, of the, the right amount of value. Now I still am paying, you know, the dollar a month or whatever it is just to get more than the five gigs, but whatever. Um, it was just one of those things where I said, I, I'm just not getting the value out of this stuff anymore. And I think that's going to be one of the things that they're going to have to manage through is how do you make sure that people still want to spend their money with you on a monthly basis? It's not just about the hardware for them anymore, as we know. And they're they're trying to identify these services that are going to, you know, integrate and accelerate um, the the purchases of other devices, maybe not replacement devices. You may not be going from an iPad Air to a Pro, but maybe you're, you're buying yet uh, another iPad for somebody else. And uh, you know, because they're part of the family or whatever it is. And, and ultimately it's, 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 it's all mixed together. Right. And, and that's, I think the biggest point with this and the margin thing is something that I'll be watching very closely. And I, they're talking about gross margins back up to 38 and a half percent. 
I just I don't know if they're going to be able to do that unless they you know the the max really kind of jump up a lot. But it 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 seems like and it, maybe they with the prices that they're at and and the upgrades that people I think are going to perceive that they need to get. But um, I think that we're we're going to be talking about. Um, you know, upper upper thirties margins at this point. I don't think they're going to get back up to forty for a while. No, because their R and D spending is uh, pretty high. I mean, there's quite a bit. I mean, it's not high percentage wise based on some other uh, you know technical companies, but it's still quite a bit of money uh, that they they put down for R and D. And of course, their product line is uh, you know it's growing, but it's not massive and they uh, they don't have you know a hit product like they have with the iphone and you know i don't see one coming and you know any future time that they'll actually have you know some massive massive uh consumer product like the iphone again i mean that was kind of a lucky strike for them well and you talk about not having that many more products but there are more which means more marketing spend as well because they've got a you know there's ads for computers tablets phones watches Music services. I mean, if you've been watching the the World Series, the backdrop of the World Series, um, you know, on the on the ad panels, it's been the Apple Music service, you know, free three month trial, seemingly every other inning for all four games so far. So they are spending a lot of money on marketing as well. So that's to your to your point that uh, in the R and D as well is uh, is going to add up for them, and so they're going to that's going to be squeezed pretty tight, I would imagine. Let's move on to some device news. First up, T-Mobile on Wednesday listing the Alcatel Idol 4S with Windows 10 VR on its website. So this version of the Idol 4S runs Windows 10, includes upgrades available related to the BlackBerry DTEK60, such as the high-end Snapdragon 820 processor, 21-megapixel camera, and USB Type-C connector, none of which are standard on the Idol 4S. It also uh, has Windows 10, which includes free VR goggles for a limited time and is preloaded with games and videos. And while the standard Idol 4S includes a quad HD display ideal for VR, this version steps down to a full HD display according to the T-Mobile specs. The 4S with Windows 10 also supports Windows Continuum, meaning you can connect a screen and keyboard and turn the phone into a full Windows 10 computer. The features of the phone include a memory card slot, stereo speakers, 8-megapixel front camera, 4 gigs of RAM, T-Mobile specs, however, do not mention NFC. Pricing and release date have not been announced. BlackBerry on Tuesday announcing the DTEK60, the aforementioned flagship non-keyboard phone from BlackBerry. It is based on the Alcatel 4S, uh, Idol 4S, looking similar, but actually has significant upgraded specs. Um, it has a fingerprint sensor, a quad HD 5.5-inch display, 3,000 milliamp hour battery, NFC, and a memory card slot. Uh, it does uh, pack a Qualcomm Snapdragon 820 processor, 4 gigs of RAM, 21 megapixel camera, USB Type-C, and Quick Charge 3, as we just mentioned, uh, as coming to the Alcatel 4S with Windows. Uh, the DTEK60 maintains the same 7mm th- uh, profile and has a larger screen bump, uh, camera bump, that is, uh, for the upgraded sensor. Uh, as with all of BlackBerry's newest phones, they run Android with BlackBerry messaging and software included on it. Has LTE support, including the T-Mobile bands, uh, including AT&T's band 29. It's available directly from BlackBerry for $500 unlocked. And those who order within the next two weeks will re- receive a free soft shell case and rapid charger. 
Xiaomi on Tuesday announcing the Mix. This is a bezel-less handset targeting the ultra-premium market. So the company calls the Mix a concept that will be sold in extremely limited numbers and only in China, meant to showcase the direction in which Xiaomi's design and technology are headed. A 6.4-inch screen stretches fully from side to side all the way to the top edge. To accommodate the design, uh, Xiaomi moved the selfie camera to the bottom bezel, dropping the proximity sensor in favor of an ultrasonic sensor and adding a piezoelectric actuator or internal vibrator for reproducing the earpiece sound, meaning, yes, there is no earpiece. Uh, as a result, the device is nearly all screen on the front with a ratio of 91.3%. And rather than use metal or glass materials for the back and sides, they selected high-quality ceramic and created it in layers. The premium design relies on top components that mirror those of the My Note 2, including the Snapdragon 821 processor, 4 gigs of RAM, 128 gigs of storage, 16-megapixel Sony Exmor camera, and 4,400 milliamp-hour battery with quick charge. The price, if you can find it, will be about $700. So while you won't be likely picking up the mix, Xiaomi also announced the My Note 2 this week. This is a high-end flagship phone with curved glass surfaces similar to the Note 7. Features an aluminum frame sandwiched between two pieces of shaped glass. Premium materials combined with high-end specs. It has a 5.7-inch Quad HD screen, Snapdragon 821 processor, 6 gigs of RAM, 128 gigs of storage, a 23-megapixel Sony Exmor IMX318 sensor with 1.55 micron pixels and an aperture of f2.0. The camera captures video at 4K and includes electronics image stabilization, but not optical image stabilization. The front camera also has an 8-megapixel uh, shooter for uh, with f2.4. Uh, it is unique that it has uh, includes autofocus for sharper selfies. 4,070 milliamp hour battery, quick charge three support, uh, and it includes several variants, including worldwide support for as well as US LTE bands. It runs Android, limited user interface uh, uh, inclusions from the MIUI. Uh, the My Note 2 goes on sale November 1st. The price is about $500 um, with other models uh, with lower specs costing closer to 400 It will be sold only in China, though they say a multi-LTE variant will be sold specifically for Chinese-based customers who often travel to other places such as the U.S. In software news, Delta on Tuesday launching a new version of its mobile app. The most notable feature is an industry-first map view for tracking checked baggage. Taking advantage of the company's newly launched RFID bag tags and scanner network, the app can show the exact spot with with an airport of where your bag was last scanned. The feature works with 84 domestic airports, and Delta will add the technology at international airports in the coming months. This is obviously a very nice feature for those that travel often and check their bags to have at least some peace of mind to know what airport your luggage could potentially be at if you find yourself at a destination and your bag is not there. And Twitter on Thursday announcing that it will be shutting down Vine, its short clip mobile video service. Existing content will remain at Vine.com, but the mobile app will be discontinued in the coming months. Twitter launched Vine in 2013, uh, but it's being wound down amid amid Twitter's efforts to cut costs to reach profitability. 
Apple's iOS 10.1 was released on Monday. This fixes several potential major security vulnerabilities in the operating system. At least two of the issues could potentially allow an attacker to complete, have complete control of the device after the user merely visits a web page with malicious code. Also, portrait mode or blurred backgrounds is now available in the iPhone 7 Plus. Today also sees the release of Watch 3.1 for Apple Watch. iPhone and iPad users can update to 10.1 by going to Settings, General, and Software Update. Questions and comments this week. The first one is a question from Joseph. He says, a while back I upgraded the operating system on my iPhone from iOS 8 to iOS 9. Uh, I did this on both the iPhone 5 and the iPad 2. But when I did this, I lost a bunch of playlists. They just disappeared. I look at iTunes on my MacBook and they're all there. They're all there on my iPhone 4 that still has iOS 7. But both the iPhone 5, which has iOS 9, and the iPad 2, which does also have iOS 9, are both missing the playlist. Do you have any idea where they went and how to get them back? So a couple of uh, initial thoughts with this here. Um, I believe we're talking about an issue that may be related to one of the new music online streaming and or syncing services that Apple now has. Right. So on your device, make sure you don't have the iCloud music library turned on. So if you go to settings and scroll down to music, uh, make sure that's turned off since you're using an iTunes based uh, uh, music and library. Uh, and then the other thing, uh, make sure, of course, you've done a sync to your uh, to your iTunes with your device to make sure that's, uh, that syncs it over. But then uh, go into the actual device itself. And depending on your version of iTunes, you have to, uh, you know, pick up the device. Like for me, I see my uh, Joey's iPhone there. And then if you uh, click on music, I have it actually selected where only some of my music comes over to my iPhone. And I keep a local library on my uh, iPhone of just a, a handful of albums. But make sure your the playlists that you want are checked because for me, I don't use playlists and never have. So I'm unfortunately not totally familiar with syncing a playlist. But for me, I don't have any of them checked. So I don't see any playlists on my iPhone. But they're all listed there for me to put on. So make sure that those are checked and then do a sync and they should show back up on your devices. Yeah, that, that was uh, basically going to be the, you know, the, the point was that just make sure that you've got um, you, you tried the sync with iTunes and, and then make sure that you've got that iCloud music library turned off. Those are those are kind of the two main things. And so give that a shot. Joseph, let us know if that solves it for you. Next up is a question from Gene. He says, Mickey and Joey, why do you think there wasn't as much interest as anticipated in the latest TV wireless spectrum auction? Was it just the price or did it have something to do with the telecoms finally having enough spectrum? Or was the quality of the spectrum subpar? Maybe something else. I've always enjoyed the show. Listen to everyone. Keep up the great work. Best and both of you, as always. Sincerely, Gene. Uh, well, thank you very much, Gene, for uh, the nice words, first of all. Um, secondly, you know, th- as far as the spectrum and, and the, the, let's say, the lack of meeting the reserves for these auctions, I think for the most part, uh, it just was the price to start. Um, I, I, there's definitely still a need for more spectrum. The spectrum itself is is very good. The 600 megahertz spectrum is is not uh, subpar really in any way uh, based on what else is out there. So I think it was just the price. And I think, you know, there this is just kind of how these auctions go. And I, I would almost guarantee that there will be a resolution and this stuff will get auctioned off. It just may take a little bit longer than we perceive it should have. Right. And it kind of feels like, uh, you know, the carriers are, you know, they're, they're still moving to LTE, which of course is much more efficient with the spectrum they have. They're, you know, getting rid of the old 1X and, and 3G networks, you know, the, you know, the 
respectively based on the different networks that they have and they're freeing up spectrum by doing that and they're probably seeing you know people are watching more and more video but it's not exploding probably as fast as it was uh, a few years ago so their need for spectrum is not increasing as much and of course with some of the newer protocols on the horizon uh you know for lte advanced they can push more through the same spectrum. So they, they, they probably just don't need it quite as bad as they were either thinking uh, back, you know, when they were kind of setting up these auctions uh, for this uh, new spectrum. And then, of course, you know, the carriers don't really want to add another frequency band because then, you know, the LTE chipsets get that much more complicated. Then we have more versions. You got to have new antennas. Then you've got to have a whole new network. You have to have different spectrum analysis. I mean, it's it's very complicated to launch a new band uh, for for these uh, frequencies, so it's it's definitely not trivial, and if it costs billions and billions and billions of dollars uh, on the back end, not just the, for the spectrum side. And the uh, the point about the video is an interesting one. Uh, you know, it, it did explode um, for a while, and it's just a matter of is it exploding like it was? And I think you know where at one point we were probably all using somewhere in the sub one gigabyte per month range you know we're all now probably somewhere between depending on what you are i think i'm usually somewhere between four and six gigabytes a month because uh, i do a lot of music streaming but um it, it's it, it it's not it's not exploding like we're all now using 40 and so while the spectrum is needed um and it, it's the the rate in which we're using using it is not going up so dramatically that it's worth $80 billion, which is, I think, the number that the initial reserve was set at. Um, and it, maybe it's only worth something like $20 billion or, or, or whatever it is. So it's needed and they're going to buy it. It's just a matter of finding out what that amount is that's going to make sense for them for the return for what they're, what this investment is going to look like for them. Right. So then think of, of course, as we've talked about before, the the increase in Wi-Fi networks, especially with, the you know, Comcast Xfinity network. That's, you know, essentially everywhere now. You, you can't you can barely go anywhere without finding that network. And of course, with all the Wi-Fi calling and all the newer devices offloads a lot of the the LTE traffic, especially on you know modern phones. You don't need that data anymore to make phone calls. So it's now pushed off to Wi-Fi networks. So that helps tremendously. Uh, of course, you know, more people are using Wi-Fi with their phones just because uh, because of the fact that you've got a you know limited data plan, and of course traffic shaping, which uh, you're well aware of with your uh, your binge on with uh, with T-Mobile. Now they've you know they throttled video, and we found out that Verizon does the same you know did the same thing with Netflix, and and is doing the same thing with Netflix for uh, quality uh, for a video, and I'm sure they do it with other streaming video as well. So they can do traffic management to help uh, you know keep the network in better shape and reduce the overall bandwidth of videos on mobile devices. And and all of this is to say that, you know, it, it's not worth the initial, the starting price of the auction. Um, so to, to answer the question, the short version is, yeah, just too much money, just a pricing issue. And uh, that will it will resolve itself here as they get into the, the subsequent rounds at lower prices. Finally, today, question from Patrick. He's actually got two and he says, I just got a Pixel, regular size. So far, very pleased with it. I'm glad both the Pixel and the XL share the same hardware. The camera is very fast. Quality is definitely up there with the iPhone, which leads to the question. On burst shots, how can I select multiple photos to save? Google Photos only allows to choose one main photo and the other option is to delete the rest. Other apps are worse or just only shows the main photo can actually not show all of the burst shots. And then secondly, is there a way uh, to use or is there a Find My Friends or Android device manager or third-party alternative that works on both iOS and Android? I prefer one that uses the phone number 
to create the account rather than an email and a password, but then again, also do they use and consume more battery than their native counterparts? Thanks, Patrick. Well, Patrick, let's let's address the first one here. So, um, coming, I'm guessing you were you've used an iPhone in the past, and or you are just aware of how this works. When you do burst mode on the iPhone, you can go in and choose to save multiple burst photos and and then you can either keep the rest or you can delete the rest uh, but it's actually quite nice and it's it's very easy and it's very straightforward when you're taking a burst uh taking burst photos on the iphone and it, it really something that kind of encourages people to take more of these burst photo type of pictures because it's so easy to then go in and edit but um when it when it comes to the android side you know i, I have not tried um the the new services um you know the new the new software i guess i should say um, that is now come coming on the pixel, but, um, I, some quick searches that I did, I didn't see anything that talked about being able to select more than just a single photo on, on when you take a burst photo. So you might kind of be out of luck with this one. Yeah. And that's what I see. It says Google chooses the best one. And I, I don't see, uh, uh, where you actually can choose which one. I'm sure there's a way to do it. Uh, I just don't, uh, yeah, I don't see it, uh, either online. Yeah, it's it's kind of a weird thing, but I'm not. I, I don't know why they why they wouldn't, but it's just it's just not showing up. Um, to the second question or the second issue, uh, which is trying to find uh, your friends uh, or get a service that is find my friends like. Um, this is going to be something that is going to be a little bit more difficult, uh, I think, than what it is that you're used to here. So. Um, there are services out there like Glimpse. I'm not sure if you found Glimpse out there, but Glimpse is a um, just kind of like at a glance tracking, and it lets you share um, your position with other people and estimate arrival times, travel speeds, etc. So this is probably going to be one of the better bets, although it does require you to set up an account. It is available both through Android and the iPhone, so um, this might be might be a good version for you um, or a good option for you. Uh, there's a, a second uh, type of application out there that could uh, potentially work, which is called uh, Life360. There's also one called Find My Friends, um, but both have premium services, so they're not free. Uh, but just... Then there's the uh, the cons and Google social networking service Google Plus uh, offers your ab- the ability to share. So most people probably already have Google, so you might want to try that and, and seeing how Google Plus can allow you to do it. And then there's the bevy of carrier branded applications that are out there, which I'm guessing you're going to skip because most of them are are seven to ten dollars a month um, and uh, not cheap, but allows you to do all sorts of different things when it comes to tracking your devices. And depending on what network you're on, whether it's the Verizon Family Locator, the Family Map from AT and T, Sprint Family Locator, or the T-Mobile Family Wear, they're all the same type of thing where you're you get real time locations and uh, be able to alert and and find other people's devices. And so, but more of what you need to do on the family side, not something that you would be able to do if you're trying to do find my friends with your friends right because the you know because the google you know google does have that same service you know find my phone uh you know if you type in the google you'll see it and that's yeah that's nice for the devices that are on your account but yeah it's not the same thing but i'm going to go back to the camera on google's own website i did find that you can turn the smart boost off uh it, it, which which that's 
smart burst uh, smart burst off, which may give you the ability to choose a particular picture, but I can't quite tell on that because it doesn't actually say what it specifically does. So uh, that I don't know if that'll help or not, but uh, it I, I can't even on Google site, I cannot find anything about uh, selecting a particular picture out of a burst. I understand it's frustrating though, because that was that is a very easy thing to do on the iPhone, and uh, especially if you are coming from an iPhone, you would just expect it to be easy, uh, and unfortunately, it may not be. Well, that is it for today. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Send us email to questions at the cell phone junkie.com or give us a phone call 650-999-0524. Leave a voicemail there and we'll get whatever you have to say on a future show. Joey, thank you very much as always for your time. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at the cell phone junkie.com.